Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis from the Chiquis and Chill podcast. State Farm apoya con orgullo este podcast and all the storytellers on the My Cultura podcast network. They value nuestra familia as much as we do, and that's why they're offering surprisingly great rates. So you don't have to give up on doing what you love. With State Farm, you'll help protect what's important to you. Together, we're committed to elevating the Latino experience. It's our time to be heard about so many topics. Y con el apoyo de State Farm, nuestras voces can speak about mental health, familia, financial literacy, body positivity, y mucho más. State Farm supports our vision, our communities, our neighborhoods, y nuestra gente. Tus seres queridos son tan importantes para ellos como lo son para ti. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. State Farm, a proud sponsor of the My Cultura Podcast Network. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. Happy Monday, America. What's going on? It's Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Richie B, Mr. Call Screener. And we are here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. I spent the weekend doing a show in Philly. I got an hour of that left that I want to share with you, and I want to jump right into that. I also have an interview with Professor Nick Giordano, a conservative Trump-supporting professor out of New York. And we're going to talk about Biden's foreign policy faux pas, uh, which I think are numerous and voluminous, I should say, because there's several on so many different topics. You know, there's Afghanistan, there's there's everything that's happening with China and, of course, everything that's happening right now with uh, Russia and their uh, invasion of Ukraine, potentially. So we're going to talk about that stuff. And uh, I want to talk about a bunch of things, but there's also these other topics, local topics uh, in New Jersey, right? The chairman of the Democrat Party in New Jersey, Leroy Jones, he's also the chairman of the Essex County uh, Democrat Party. He says that the Trump worshiping South Jersey and Jersey Shore need to uh, kind of fall back a little bit. Now, Chris Russell, who served as a general consultant for the Citarelli campaign, and this is in SaveJersey.com by Matt Rooney. Big shout out to them. The Democrat losses, the down-ballot losses in 2021 were cited as his evidence that Democrats had moved too far to the left. The chairman responded in a question, and uh, the chairman responded with a put-down of the entire southern half of New Jersey, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, that was, let's see here, let's see the quote. That was a once-in-a-lifetime phenomena that occurred during this past election, said Jones. That was a lot of disruption that came out of Washington. And I think you know that area of the state is a Trump-worshipping area of the state. And all of that culminated into wins that the Republican Party enjoyed, end quote. Wow. Well, hey, look, at least he was honest. The problem is that's just when you put a bunch of Trump worshippers together. But when you don't have Trump worshipers together, you do have Trump fans, right? Trump supporters, people that support those America first policies. And they're all over. They're in Philly. They're in Delaware. They're all over. They're, they're even in New York. We just talked with a councilwoman that won an election for the New York City Council as being an outspoken critic of vaccines, proponent of Trump and his policies, Vicky Palladino. So 
Uh, I mean, she wasn't even a favorite of the Republicans, right? They were, you know, the McConnell types in New York were like, no, 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 no. Uh, let me see if I could do my McConnell impression here. Well, you see, we, we can't have Vicky Paladino because she's uh, like a Trumper, you see. And, and this is what happened. And that's what happens so often when you get these people that they're firebrands and they're ready to go. And unfortunately, unless you're Trump, you can't always bring the talk radio host into Congress, into the city uh, council chambers. Uh, Trump happened to to come across like a talk radio host and bring it into the White House. And I think that's why he was as popular as he was. But, of course, somebody would push back on me and say, Rich, you're out of your mind. Popular. He lost by, I don't know, countless millions of votes to Joe Biden. How could you be so jaded? How could you be so foolish? I thought you were a smart guy, Rich Valdez. Yeah, I hear that stuff all the time. And um, I I pick and choose who I want to argue with because, you know, that old saying about never get into a battle of wits with an unarmed man and you'll be there all day just trying to agree on what the truth is. And, you know, sometimes we can't really go down that route. And that's oftentimes the case with Joe Biden. We just don't know some of the things who I like to call Joe El Baboso Biden. He, he comes up with these things that I, at times I think, man, this doesn't sound like a good idea. But the latest from good old Joe Biden, he says that we have a supply chain problem, which he in large part created. So what's next? Are we going to now use the military? Because he's suggesting that we use the military and the Army Corps of Engineers to make some modifications so that we can improve our supply chain infrastructure. And I'm thinking, in my years of life, you know, um, I'm 43. In the whole 43 years of my existence, I've never seen a supply chain problem. Right? I've seen when we had tariffs on aluminum and steel that it was hard to get parts that were made out of aluminum and steel because it now costs too much money to bring those parts in. So there was um, cars became more expensive for a little bit. We saw washing machines. And as those were alleviated, we saw that dissipate. I've seen things like that. That's a free market. And when you put your thumb on the scale in one way or another, whether it's through a tariff, whether it's through um, other means of manipulating the system from being an actual free market, You get these things. Now, I was no fan of tariffs, whether they were Trump's or not. The tariffs that made the most sense, I think, were the ones with our enemies, where it made a ton of sense. But the tariffs that were not, and I think everybody came to that realization, and those tariffs went away. And that's a good thing that they went away. So they they served their purpose as a bargaining chip, but by and large, it's not policy that you can permanently implement. You can't run everything by tariff. And in the same way, And why? Because you'd get what we have today. And in effect, Biden has created a permanent tariff called inflation. (laughs) This this inflation problem is a serious problem. And how did he get to it? Well, of course, devaluing the money, uh, overprinting of money. But you also have all of this other stuff that he's gotten into where he's just been so uh, lackadaisical with with his policy towards many of um, our international uh, counterparts, if you will, where this has created a problem. Now, of course, yes, I do agree. I'm not going to say it has nothing to do with COVID-19. I realize that there's a lot of people that are still out and have died and whatever because of COVID-19. I get it. Or that their job just pushed them out. Oh, you don't have the vaccine? You can't be here. I recently, and I shared this on the radio, but I'll share it again. Uh, a friend of mine had seen me do a uh, weekly commentary that I do on Newsmax TV. 
And right after he gave me a call or a text rather, and he tells me, Hey, uh, great segment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I want to ask you to pray for my son. And, you know, he just graduated from flight school and he uh, got his first job. He's a commercial pilot, one of the big airlines. And he did his first flight and he's really excited, but he had to take the vaccine because of the job. And he has a vaccine side effect known as myocarditis and it's affecting his heart. And now he can't fly. And this may be the end of his career. So I'm just grateful he's alive, but praying that this isn't the end. And, you know, if you'll join me in that prayer. And I thought to myself, man, heartbreaking. It, the whole thing was heartbreaking. I have a daughter that's just a little bit younger than his son. And it, it, it really just weighed upon me because I know this guy I worked with him. And I thought, this is horrible. And this is just one person that I personally know that's going through this. So, yeah, when your flight gets grounded, you know, it's not necessarily the pilot dropping dead, which I keep hearing these reports of pilots dying. Uh, I don't believe them to be true. I think that this is hyperbole in many cases. And I want to believe that it's hyperbole because I haven't, you know, just seen these reports of pilots dropping dead and entire planes crashing and people dying all over the place. But I'm sure somebody's going to start tweeting those to me right now to shut me up. I'll show you, Rich Valdez. The pilots are dropping like flies. But aside from that, I know that if you take a pilot out and he can't fly, there's going to be a flight delay unless you're going to double up on some other pilot, unless you have a big bench of pilots waiting. And, and this is problematic for America. So, yeah, when we look at these supply chain problems, <clears throat> excuse me, we have all sorts of things that go into this. But Biden tells us, the American people, hold on a second. I'm going to get the Army Corps of Engineers and I'm going to give them $14 billion to help ease the supply chain problem. This is a couple of days ago. The Biden administration announced a release of $14 billion to fund 500 projects with a focus on easing supply chain problems. The spending stems from his $1 trillion infrastructure deal. Now, the administration's attempting to showcase these projects to improve the blockages or backlogs, as they're describing it. And this is in Newsmax.com. Citing this, three specific projects that are tied to reducing supply chain bottlenecks. This is according to a White House fact sheet. U.S. ports have struggled to manage the inflow of container ships and move containers onto trucks as the economy recovered from the pandemic, promoting delays in sending goods to customers and forcing higher prices. Among these projects being funded for the Army Corps of Engineers is $850 million project to replace locks on the Ohio River so that the water levels could be higher for large cargo ships to pass through. Now, let's stop right there for a second. So you mean to tell me in the, the four decades, four plus decades that I've been around, and I haven't been an observant uh, observer or a fervent observer of, of all of these issues for 40 years, but I can tell you, I've never heard of such a thing where we now have to raise the water level of the Ohio River $858 million worth of river <laughs> uh, repairs in order to get a ship through there when the ship isn't the problem, right? The problem, uh, as far as I understand this, has always been that they changed trucking regulations in California. And they said these specific trucks that take the container ship, uh, the container right off the ship and put it on the back of the truck, the, the specific chassis that they require, has to be on a vehicle that's newer than a certain age. And when they made that, these older truck drivers no longer could haul those those containers. So with these containers piling up, 
the goods become scarce, and this is where the problem is. So we know that to be a fact because of this Green New Deal law that was passed in California, yet that's nowhere in Biden's response. Instead, he says, let's raise the level of the river in Ohio. That's going to fix the problem. Now, in California, they want to spend $8 million on navigation that will allow more ships to pass through the port of Long Beach. Maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. But I've had truckers call me and tell me that's not the problem. The problem is not having enough trucks because we have enough drivers and we have enough trucks, but they have changed a rule that says these specific trucks have to be used and we don't have enough of those specific trucks, which are in line with this Green New Deal. So that's what Biden's doing. He's trying to make it look one way, but it's really another way. And my question is, what are we going to use the army for next? Are we going to have them transport our groceries into the Walmart when we go to check out instead of using the robot checking machine? Is it going to be the military there checking us out at Walmart? Are they going to federalize the grocery store, the bodega? Is that going to be now under Biden's rule? Because that sounds like Cuba, by the way, right? Every bodega there is run by the government. Are we going to see federal troops wherever we go to buy anything? I mean, is that the answer? Or is it just rolling back some of these regulations and letting the market be free? Ah, how's that for an idea? Anyway, um, more to come straight ahead. We've got our guest, Nick Giordano, is going to be joining us. Professor Nick Giordano from Suffolk County Community College in New York. You've seen him on Tucker Carlson and a lot of other places. And uh, he's going to be with us. So don't move a muscle, Rich Valdez. This is America. What up, what up? It's Dramos from the Life as a Gringo podcast. And y'all already know. Food has the power to bring people together, whether it's takeout for two or watching the season finale of your favorite show or going to a barbecue with your peoples. Both go great with an ice cold Coca-Cola by your side. And if you can't cook, chips and dip work, especially as you listen to your go to podcast. At Michael Tura, we know familia, friends and community matter. That's why we aim to elevate Latino voices. So share the magic of our podcast with your friends, and add a Coca-Cola to the mix because there's magic when we eat together. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the Michael Thura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Thura shows, Like Life is a Gringo, available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. What's up, Philly? Welcome back. Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S here with you straight till 3 o'clock. It's been so awesome being with you live on the air. Uh, Let's go to Victor in Silver Spring, Maryland. What's up, Victor? You're on with Rich Valdez. 
it's good to hear somebody live. Amen. Everything's best of, and I found you. Um, I'm a DXer. I look for distant stations, and boy, you're you're coming in pretty well down here. So well, this I'm is the fifty thousand powerful anyway, watts of Talk uh, Radio 1210 WPHD. Thank you, sir. Go ahead. About Biden's news conference, um, I listened to a little bit of it. And to be honest with you, I really couldn't understand exactly what he was saying. He was saying one thing, and then he suddenly forget what he was saying and say something else. Um, I told my fiance, and she says, now you know how my mother acted when she had her dementia. So um, he didn't do himself any service by doing that news conference. I think he made things worse for himself. Yeah, you know what, and I think I uh, I agree with you, Victor, because this is one of those things that I think we've oftentimes seen with uh, when it comes to Biden. First of all, I think the attack on Biden, again, I like to make fun of his buffoonishness. Um, I do that, you know, I take uh, um, n- no real umbrage in this stuff because I, my my issue with him is policy. He's not his, you know, mental cognition per se. I'm not really fixated on that, and I'll tell you why. Because I know this guy's had two open brain surgeries. So typically people that have dealt with that and had any type of in- brain infection, encephalitis type of thing, they're going to have that. And I only know about this because my dad had a traumatic brain injury, and I saw how much slower he became and what the healing process was like with when it comes to cognition and many things like spatial orientation and all that. So I think Biden, if anything, you know, a best case scenario is that he is someone that has a disability and, you know, we've had other presidents that have had disabilities. I also think that it, it kind of backfires in, in more situations than it doesn't. When you say he's an old man and he's bumbling, he doesn't know what he's doing. I think young people and anybody who has an older loved one and has gone through this, like I did with my dad, can relate in one way or another. And we don't take our grandpa out to the backyard and, you know, get rid of them when they stop working well. Right. So I think ultimately people have an innate uh, forgiveness that's within them that says, oh, he's, he's Joe, he's lunch bucket Joe. And they, they kind of go with that. But uh, with, with respect to him, you know, doing himself any favors, I agree. It, it wasn't good for him. He looked like he was bumbling and, 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 um, and reaching for words. It's slow. Yeah, I'm, I have a tiny bit of sight, and I'm always asked how well I can see, and I come up with an answer. I said, if I get close enough to see a woman, she'd slap me. <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, I managed to work. Um, my father made me work. He said, you're not going to sit on your behind and, and do nothing. You're going to work like everybody else. So... Right. Um, sometimes I just don't have anything to do with the sighted community because a lot of them were brought up being overprotected by their parents. And I get tired of, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Why don't you do something for yourself? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. And that's for some people, it's a disability for others. It's a superpower to, to not have sight. Victor from Silver Spring, Maryland. Thank you for your call, brother. God bless you. I do appreciate the call. And uh, I wanted to get into this story about Joe Biden. Joe El Baboso Biden is not saying anything, but the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Germany is now blocking NATO and allies from transferring weapons to the Ukraine. Now, I think this is a problem because Biden's there saying we're going to have some severe, swift response and blah, blah, blah. This reminds me of a, of a quick story that I'm going to share with you in a moment. 
I think it's important that we talk about this stuff because foreign policy isn't always the, the most uh, attractive, sexy topic in politics, but it's an important one because it has an impact, especially on all of us that have family members that have served or are serving in our military. So I think that's important to talk about, and that's why I like to bring in the heavy hitters. I like to bring in an expert. This is somebody you've seen on the Tucker Carlson Show. You've seen him on Fox News. You've heard him on my program for sure. And he's got his own program, the PAS Report. And I'm talking about Professor Nick Giordano. He's a conservative college professor in New York who thought such a thing existed. Nick Giordano, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Rich. All right, my brother. So I want to dig into some of this stuff because I think you know it better than me. There's a lot of things going on. So we have this headline that I just read, and we're looking at an interesting uh, conundrum, right? Because you would think that the NATO allies are going to be on board with Ukraine because of the um, the Budapest Memorandum of Security Assurances that says, you know what, NATO is going to have the back of Ukraine as long as Ukraine doesn't produce any uh, weapons of, uh, what are they called, uh, nuclear weapons, and you give up your nukes, and we're going to watch your back, we being the United States and NATO. And that happened back in the 80s, and all of a sudden now it's kind of like an afterthought where we're, we're like vacillating on this. And I think what makes it worse is, uh, I was talking before the break, about people who don't know history or being doomed to repeat it. And this morning, to come and do this show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT with my family here in Philly, I uh, bought a nice little café con leche and a nice little espresso from a Cuban spot that I like to go to. And I walk in, and I see the guy. He's a nice guy. This is a guy I have a lot of respect for. I really like the guy. He's terrific. And uh, I think he loves America and and understands communism better than you and me because he lived under the Castro regime. But, but he tells me, I think that Putin is afraid of Biden because uh, Democrats have been historically very aggressive militarily. And I thought, I don't know that I agree. Maybe going back, you know, like Truman era and beyond or before, <laughs> I should say. But I don't think that's been the case. But, I, I, you know, I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. But we start talking and I said, but I could tell you one thing. I know that he didn't flex like this when Trump was around. And he says, no, he did worse. He annexed Crimea. And I was like, are you kidding? Trump came in at tw- in 2017, and Crimea was annexed in 2014. So clearly it was under Obama. And I, to me, that's the big takeaway here is that, A, if you don't know your history, you're going to repeat it because you're going to make the same mistakes. And B, I think Putin knows. These guys are birds of a feather, two sides of the same coin, Biden and, and Obama. These guys are feckless. They don't care. They're in the pocket of China. I know their game. I know how to make them happy. So I'm going to appease them by just doing my thing and just keep shaking my head as they go, oh, we're going to sanction you, and I'll just keep shaking my head and doing what I want to do. <laughs> Tell me, what's your take on this? Well, you bring up some great points there, and people need to realize that we're in a major period of instability, and it's been that way for the last two years, given everything with the coronavirus and now that nations are coming out of it. Now, something you said is important. When a president comes in, you have foreign actors that look to see how much they could poke and prod and how far they could go until they need to pull back. And Vladimir Putin looks at President Biden as an extension of the Obama administration. So he's willing to take it to a far level. And this administration has been behind the wheel on Russia and Ukraine for several months. We've been seeing the troop buildup. Literally, for over a year, they've been building up their troops. And it's very expensive to move troops, build out military hospitals and barracks and train the troops and feed them and supply them, bring the heavy military equipment. Essentially, they've surrounded the Ukraine on three sides. 
You have the Russian-Ukrainian border. You have troops in the Crimea that can move up north into Ukraine. And then in Belarus, you have Russian military exercises that took place months ago. And yet Russia left all the equipment there. So that signals that something's going on. And it seems like this administration was caught off guard. And we haven't heard about the Ukraine until the last three weeks. And then really with the press conference, when you had Biden, President Biden state that if it's a minor incursion, eh, it might not be that big of a deal. That sent signals around the world. It doesn't matter that they tried to clean up the mess after Biden said that. But now we're hearing talk of pulling family members out of the Ukraine and it has the potential to metastasize into a conflict. And if something does happen, let's say Vladimir Putin does decide to now go into eastern Ukraine because he feels like Biden's not going to respond, is President Biden going to have to prove his toughness? Is he going to over-respond because everyone's calling him weak and feckless? It's clear that this would not have happened under the last administration because President Trump was unpredictable. You didn't know how he'd react in situations where I think Putin is gambling. He's willing to take the risk. Why not? And what the is odds our are in his favor to be right? Well, Nick, well, hold I, that thought right there, because I want to dive a little bit deeper into this and we're up against the break. So we're going to hit that break. and We're going to come right back. We're on with Professor Nick Giordano. Uh, you've seen him all over the place. The guy's remarkable. He's terrific. A conservative professor coming out of New York. He teaches in New York. Uh, this guy's a, a, a wealth of information. I don't want you to miss what he has to say. So don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, I'm here with you guys. We'll be right back. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. God bless you all. May God protect our troops. And by the way, the reason we're not going to have any time for questions now 
is these guys got to get quickly on the plane and go out and do a major announcement in Ohio. And you guys will ask me all about Russia and not about anything having to do with chips. At least he's honest. You know, you guys are asking me about Russia and I don't want to talk about Russia. I want to talk about semiconductor chips. Oh boy, Joe El Baboso Biden. Welcome back, everybody. It's Rich Valdez here with you live. We're going to get to your calls in a little bit. We have Professor Nick Giordano with us. And Professor Nick Giordano, I want to play a clip of audio for you, uh, cut number nine, where Andrea Mitchell is on the uh, morning joke on MSNBC. And she says that Secretary Blinken has been in damage control because of Biden's remarks on the Russian invasion. Listen to this. There's clearly disunity by the allies as to what the sanctions would be uh, in the in, if there were an invasion. And as you know, there was damage control immediately from the White House, again from the president, reading from notes and not ad-libbing yesterday. And mm-hmm. Lincoln has been in damage control mode ever since. This is not a very friendly place, I think, for uh, for Biden to be, where MSNBC and The Morning Joke, these people are typically uh, his biggest water carriers, and they're turning their back on him. You were just about to tell us about what Biden needs to do to survive, and I just want you to add that into your response, because I think it's important that uh, we get the full sense of it. Go ahead. Well, I, I think the media is actually partly responsible because they didn't call out President Biden when he actually lifted the sanctions that the Trump administration put on, and he gave the green light for the Russian gas pipeline to go through Europe, making Europeans more dependent on Russian oil. But not only that, it's actually worse than that, because Russia is now the second largest importer of oil and gas to the United States because we decided to cut the drilling permits. So we are actually enriching Russia as well. So these policies don't make sense. So what are we going to do? Put on the same policies that we already had on Russia that obviously didn't have the impact that we were hoping. It didn't change Vladimir Putin's behavior per se. And I don't know what they actually plan on doing. That's the problem. There is so much confusion surrounding the Biden policy when it comes to the Ukraine and Russia that nobody knows what the response would actually be. In addition, we don't know if President Biden would actually use American troops in Ukrainian territory to push back against Russia. But it is a dangerous situation because we don't just look at the Ukraine. So for decades, there's been this unspoken. You spoke about the Budapest Agreement. Every American administration up until President Biden recognized that nobody's going to let Ukraine into NATO. And we're not going to do that because we know it was going to aggravate Russia and it would create tensions. But we never really spoke about it out loud. The Biden administration now is openly thinking about letting Ukraine get into NATO. And we have to ask, what's in America's best interest? That's the problem with the Biden foreign policy. Is it in America's best interest to move Ukraine into NATO? And the answer is no. But now Biden is boxed in a corner because Vladimir Putin wants public assurances that we're not going to do that. And we're not going to give them those public assurances. And so we don't know necessarily what the next step is uh, that Vladimir Putin is going to take. What we do know is that China is also watching. So we have a major adversary in China watching. And we're pushing Russia into China's corner, which is not really all that smart, given that China is the main competitor to the United States. But we're seeing alliances form and you see the breakdown of it, and it is concerning when you're looking at it from that perspective. You know, it's funny, and I'm just going to go off topic here because I just I hear the things you're saying, and I agree. 
Uh, but you, you just said China's the main competitor to the United States. And, of course, they are in many areas, but they're also an enemy. And, and I think of that, and I think, you know, it's funny how, you know, Biden will never really um, hunker down and say that China is an enemy of ours, always being cautious to just talk about our competition in the space race or in other areas. But the truth is, I mean, China's communist policies are being peddled in American universities, and American policies are not being peddled in Beijing. They have total control over speech over there. And, and I just find it remarkable, and you, know, you being a professor and all, to me it just made all the sense in the world to just go into this tangent. Do, do you see, I mean, am I wrong? Please correct me. Do you see uh, Western ideals, uh, Judeo-Christian values being pushed hardcore on any university campuses in China? No, not at all. Actually, far from it. So China has infiltrated us for espionage purposes on every single level. Nobody likes to talk about it out loud. Even worse than that, I'll put this in both the Republican and the Democrat camp. For decades, we've heard that if we build this relationship with China, if we open up China to the world, ultimately they're going to become more like us. They'll become more infused with democratic principles and concepts of liberty and freedom. After decades, we have the answer to that. No, China is not becoming more like us. In fact, we're becoming more like China with mm -hmm. certain policies that we have here in the United States. So all the policymakers were actually completely wrong. All the so-called experts were completely wrong. But even worse is now we have all these financial ties and uh, between the corporations and China, but also the politicians in China. Just look at Hunter Biden, who has gone around the world off the back of his father, making tons and tons and tons of money for the Biden family business. And one thing that's not spoken about, he is an asset to any foreign intelligence agency. And we have to know what the relationship is between the Bidens and the government of China. We have to know what the relationship that exists and how much money changed hands. We know there's millions upon millions of dollars that went directly to Hunter Biden. So these ties, well, how does that affect our policymaking process? And again, it all comes down to we're supposed to be doing what's in the best interest of the United States, but it seems like the politicians are doing what's in the best interest of their own pockets. Unbelievable. And, and to me, I, I look at that and I just can't help but think, how, how is it that we have such disunity, not, not just with respect to China and all of that, but going back now to to Germany blocking NATO allies uh, from transferring weapons to the Ukraine. It, it's, it's, it's as if Russia has the same sway that China has and perhaps the same level of infiltration into some of the NATO partners where it, it puts this situation in a very precarious uh, uh, spectrum, if you will, because on the one hand, we, I, I don't think the United States sends troops. I don't think that ever happens. I think, you know, at best we do what Trump did send uh, some heavy machinery, some tanks, uh, some hot firepower, kind of like what some of these people are trying well, to do Well, I have now. to interrupt you for a second. Don't be surprised if we already have military advisors and intel gathering going on in the Ukraine. And I'm not necessarily saying that's wrong. I'm not I, saying but that no, that's... I, I, I agree that they're probably there. But I'm thinking, do you think, uh, at least publicly, on an, in, an, in an open way, Biden takes this... Uh, we've decided to stand with our, with our ally, Ukraine, and uh, uphold the Budapest uh, memorandum. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. Do you? No, but what concerns me is a miscalculation, because we've seen history replete with examples of miscalculation where one nation does something. 
Another nation responds, and then it just continually escalates till there's an all-out war. And, and that's what concerns me. And you brought up Germany. Isn't it interesting that Germany is sitting there saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, be careful. We get our energy from this country. Remember, mm-hmm. when Trump was in office, he called out Germany live on air at a NATO meeting and boxed Germany into a corner when it came to their energy uh, deals with Russia. Yeah. And everyone said that how bad that was diplomatically, Germany's an ally. No, he did the right thing. He boxed Germany into a corner and forced Germany. Now, at the time, Germany had the ability to say, all right, if anything happens with the Russian oil, we have the United States to provide us with energy, even though it's more difficult to get it there, obviously, because it can't go through a pipeline. But under the Biden administration, we are no longer the number one energy producer in the entire world. We lost that title. And so we can't support Europe when it comes to their energy needs. And that's how this administration has just made mistake after mistake after mistake. And sometimes, listen, you can call out allies publicly. That's okay, because sometimes you need to keep them in check. Unfortunately, this administration refuses to do that. And after the debacle in Afghanistan, there's both allies and adversaries that don't trust anything we say. And we look weak right now. Yeah. So and it makes all the sense in the world as to why Russia would put some pressure on them and say, hey, if you want to keep getting this cheap energy and you don't want to see yourselves in an economic crisis because of a lack of energy, you're going to tell Estonia that they can't give weapons and you're going to make sure that you don't give weapons. I mean, am I reading this wrong? No, you're not reading it wrong at all. But Vladimir Putin also does have to be careful because if he shuts off the oil spigots, well, his country's losing a ton of money, too, billions of dollars a day. And understand, I mean, you know, I don't know why we live in this world today where we have elevated Russia to be almost a co-equal to the United States. The Russian economy is actually fairly weak because it is so reliant on oil and gas. And if we crash the oil prices, which we have the capability to do if we start giving permits out, that would hurt Russia's economy dramatically. Will this administration do it? I doubt it. But we could do other things, too. We could also say that, you know, the American credit card companies, the financial sector, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, if they can't do business in Russia, the Russian economy is devastated because they rely heavily on our banking system and our, on our credit card companies. We have a lot of power. Russia is an aging country. It does have a strong military. It, does, it, it has been upgrading their military for the last several years. But it's still a country where the society is getting older. They still have a lot of problems. Economically, the median income in Russia is about $8,000. You have the Russian life expectancy is only 68 years old, which is fairly young when it comes to the developed world. So Russia is still in a weakened position. Unfortunately, we don't have a leader in place to remind them of that. Excellent points. Excellent points. We're going to keep in touch with you, Professor Nick Giordano from Suffolk Community College in New York, Long Island, New York. Thank you for being with us, man. Wealth of information. Thanks for having me on, Rich. Always appreciate it. You got it. Now, straight ahead, I want to get into a couple of other uh, off-the-cuff stories and, of course, your calls. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. 
Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, Philadelphia, welcome back. Everybody that's listening coast to coast on odyssey.com or people that listen to my podcast, this is America with Rich Valdez on iHeartRadio. Of course, welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in today. Our phone number is 855-839-1210. And um, let me ask our producer, do we still have Paul from San Antonio on the line? All right, let's go to Paul in San Antonio. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Mr. Valdez, finally great to talk to you. Thank you. Huge supporter. Um following you on all platforms um, and just wanted to say high five from San Antonio, Texas. You're coming in loud and clear. Awesome, brother. Thanks. How are you listening today? Uh, I'm listening over the internet on the radio, uh, radio.net. Cool. Cool. So tell me what's going on. Uh, San Antonio, I know, is a tricky part of town sometimes. Great people there, but sometimes crazy politics, right? Yeah, we we do have a conservative presence here, a huge conservative presence. You know, being in Texas, um, there's a lot of values to God, country, family, uh, individual rights, Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the principles of conservatism. Um, However, we've had a lot of movement from other uh, parts of the country. Yeah, like the border. What what are you, like 40 miles away from the border? (laughs) Well, San Antonio is actually about two miles, two excuse me, two hours to two and a half hours from the border, depending yeah. where you're at. You know, I work in the oil and gas business, so there's days where I go to work down there and I'll drive back the same night. Um, and one of the alarming things is the number of Amber Alerts you get uh, on your cell phone over here. Um, so when my cousin visits from Florida, he usually gets about six of them a day because there's a lot of uh, human trafficking that happens in the area, um, mm-hmm. a lot of abductions. I don't know if you heard about the young lady that was a refugee from Afghanistan, three years old, was abducted in the medical center over here in San Antonio. So um, she, her family escaped Afghanistan just for her to be abducted over here. I mean, it, it's well, just and, and completely this, you know, honestly, outrageous. This opens this question, right, that I think we hear so much of so often that why are so many unaccompanied minors coming in? Why is it just people escaping a bad life or is there more to it? And I think we're fools if we presume that people are not coming across for the sake of, you know, sending people here to harvest organs, to transport drugs, to do all sorts of crazy, illegal and illicit things, because that is what the cartels have gotten into. If you need something moved across the border, including humans, children, body parts, you name it, they're doing it. Well, I, I will say in, in, in respect to the young lady from Afghanistan, her whole family moved over here. But in terms of the idea of human trafficking and whatnot, um, it's, it's definitely an intentional thing. Um, it's something that everybody should be uh, grappling because it affects all of us, you know. Um, and it's not something we want to be associated with. And in addition to uh, what you're mentioning with the open borders and whatnot, it's just a matter of time before all of those things hit people in other centers of the country. You know, what happens down here, um, we're just on the front lines of it and we're doing the best we can. You know, I feel Governor Abbott is trying to address it the best way he can. I'm a big supporter of him and I'm actually going to rally for him tonight in, in San Antonio. 
However, um, it takes a lot of people getting on their senators and getting on their House of Representatives uh, to really push for stronger policies where that's concerned. Excellent. Well, thank you, brother, for the call. We appreciate it. I appreciate the support. Always looking to speak with great listeners and uh, the faithful followers that are out there. So thank you. And I wanted to, um, you know, I wasn't planning on talking about the border, but it, it just to me goes back to all of this stuff with Joe Biden. Right. And Joe Biden doesn't matter what he's doing. I mean, he's he's willing to shut down a business if he has to shut down a business. He's willing to ignore the border if he has to ignore the border because he'd rather not fight and and um, rock the boat. And I don't think this approach is working. I mean, he spent some time this week speaking at the U.S. Conference of Mayors. And there was a bunch of different comments that he made from saying things that, you know, you don't you don't want to have to do things by going through your state legislatures and through your governors, which is flying in the face of federalism. Right. And we spoke about that in the first hour of the show where he was basically trying to federalize uh, police reform and then federalize voting. So now he wants to federalize the American rescue plan, which I think needs its own American rescue plan. But I want you to listen to this uh, cut number five. Biden at the U.S. Conference of Mayors saying that, look, we're doing this because we don't want you to have to go through state legislatures and governors to get it done. Listen to this. A major part of the rescue plan was the $350 billion we allocated to state and local budgets. And again, because of you, over a hundred billion of that went directly to cities and counties, not to anybody. hundred billion. It was not easy to get done, but it's important to get done because you know what's needed. You didn't have to go through your state legislature. They're not bad folks. I don't mean that. <laughs> or your governor, good folks, to get the money. Now, great folks. Then let, let people work with their local governments, sir. Now, I get it. The federal government, if they want to give out money, they're going to give out money. I understand that. But the problem here is that you can't keep giving out all this money when there's no way to know where this money's going to come from. You know, on a, on a very local level in New, New Jersey, New York, right, they had these and I'm sure every state had them. But this is the area that I'm in. And um, I saw the um, the the program in New York that was for excluded workers, for example. Right. And these were what they called uh, illegal aliens and people that were in prison that weren't able to get a stimulus check. Right. So or collect unemployment. They um, they put a fund together, billions of dollars. And I think it was something like $15 billion in New York. And they gave it out and it ran out. And they came back this week with a vengeance, protesting, holding up signs saying, hey, we want our fair share. And and again, it was really uncalled for, in my opinion, because I thought it was something that was done in a time of emergency. And I spoke about this on uh, Univision 41, right? Channel 41, Univision News, um, regarding my perspective on this, which was, It's one thing if you work and you pay into unemployment and you lose your job and you collect unemployment. That's how that works. It's an insurance program operated by the state. Granted. But this other one was more like a grant. It wasn't an insurance program. It was a pandemic emergency relief fund for what they called excluded workers. And they were giving people up to $15,000 in lump sums, whether you were locked up or or whatever your reason was for not qualifying for this other um, assistance. And and. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm for it, but I'm not against it. If, you know, if that's what happened, that's what happened, right? That, that's what was passed and it was distributed. But I am against it happening in perpetuity. We can't do stuff like that forever. 
where would the money come from? Taxes would be, you know, to the 60 and 70th um, percentile. We, we could not afford to sustain a system like that. And yet there were people protesting saying, hey, we got to do it now. Consequently, in New Jersey, the uh, program was administered way differently, where if they didn't give out the money in a certain amount of time, it um, went back to the state, not back to the federal government where the money came from, but to the state to allocate however. So they used it to pay salaries and give it to other departments. They didn't even give it to the people is my point. They gave it to feed the government in New Jersey. (laughs) Go figure. Who wants a program like that? I mean, if it's an emergency relief fund for people, do that. But Biden thinks. Well, no, you know, it's, it's, no, it's, yeah. What, what am I? Who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? This is the problem. This is where we are. It's so important that we have free speech. The free speech for me to be here on the radio, for you to do what you do, for, for the truth to get out. Because Biden and the media, at least the left within the media, they're excellent at promoting this stuff. You know, when Benjamin Franklin was 16 years old, the state of Massachusetts imprisoned his brother for criticizing the government. In response, Franklin used an alias to write a commentary about free speech in which he quoted the following from a London newspaper, quote, guilt only dreads liberty of free speech, which drags it out of its lurking holes and exposes its deformity and horror to daylight. So keep that in mind as we look at Biden and we look at Murphy and we look at Governor Wolf and we look at all of these mayors that are not doing the right thing and prosecutors that are not doing the right thing. And we think to ourselves, what's what, who's who, how are we going to get it done? We have to stand up because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So make sure you do something. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. Until the next time, hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez. I'm the host of This Is America. And you're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Take care. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.